0: this podcast brought to you by hope 1032
1: it is time to chat with our space expert astrophysicist kirsten banks who has been stargazing and is across all the latest happenings in space good morning kirsten good morning thanks for having me again let's talk some space well before we do that can we talk about you you've made the news this week because a really strange machine has been named after you (laughs)
0: Yes, I'm now officially a boring machine and I love that I can say that because it's so (laughs) hilarious. Well, how did this happen? Um, Where is this boring machine? So it's part of the Snowy 2.0 Hydro Project and the tradition of naming boring machines, so that these are the machines that actually build the tunnels and excavate the tunnels out of the the earth. The The history behind this is that they were always named after women. And so with these new machines coming out, Snowy Hydro put out a competition to young kids in the area from schools to nominate a woman in science that inspires them. And I am so, so, so honoured to be inspired by Kobe, uh, who put my name forward, and a boring machine will be named after me.
1: That is so cool. Uh, Imagine being a piece of machinery, let alone a boring piece of machinery. It's amazing.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I need t-shirts with this on it.
1: (laughs) Now, let's talk about space. The biggest space news of the last month has been the billionaire space race in in a way. Why did they go to space and and why only a few weeks apart? I think
0: it's it's the new space race of the 21st century, really, where we're trying to get steps closer and closer to commercial space flight. Or it seems that these huge billionaires have this ideal point of view where we're going to continue ruining this planet, which is awful. So let's just go somewhere else, which, yeah, there's there's a savior aspect to it. There's this uh, environmental aspect to it, possibly. But uh, the real inspiration from these launches, in my opinion, is that of Wally Funk. Wally Funk was this, uh, she was training to be an astronaut with the Mercury 13 mission and did all of the training that all the other male astronauts did as well, but she was never selected to be an astronaut and it's been her dream since forever to go into space and she has finally achieved that dream at an age of 82 and honestly that's such an inspiration to everyone around the world that no matter what you can still achieve your dreams no matter how long it takes you
1: yeah it's very inspiring and and nice to see that she finally got to space after being denied it so long ago Absolutely. Now, can I ask about how far they went? So is it, when when they say they've reached space, it's kind mm-hmm. of the edge of space, isn't it?
0: So there are a few different definitions for where space starts, because it's kind of a, a bit of a fuzzy line. Like, at what point do you actually leave the Earth to be in space? Like, is it when you're on a plane and you're above the Earth's surface? Technically, no, we don't consider that to be in space. You're still on on the earth or in the vicinity of the earth on a plane high up but to either to nasa or to the u.s government if you go above 80 kilometers an altitude of 80 kilometers you're considered an astronaut but many other people agree that what's called the common line which is 100 kilometers above the surface of the earth is where space begins it's this just agreed upon Line boundaries. We need to draw the line somewhere, right? Mm. So they went above the Kármán line.
1: Okay, so they went to space. Uh, obviously, you know, two massive billionaires with a lot of money behind them be, uh, be able to do this. As, a, as an astrophysicist, is it frustrating that you see money spent in this way as opposed to other ways in space
0: exploration? A little bit, yes, because it seems in this context a bit of uh, ego stroking, mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to exploring space in any capacity, that does benefit the Earth so, so much. There are so many things that came from the Apollo missions, for example, that have benefited Earth. For example, memory foam pillows. Really? That came from the Apollo missions. Yes. How? Why? The astronauts sat on memory foam. It was <laughs> developed for their seats. And now we use it in, uh, I have one on my chair for my desk and people will sleep their heads on them. Yeah. So there you go.
1: This is So Breakfast with Sam. We are joined by our space expert astrophysicist, Kirsten Banks. And uh, look, there's been a lot of uh, news around space, including the moon has a
0: wobble now. Is this right? So yes and no. So the moon does wobble is all the orbit of the moon wobbles. So if you imagine a plate, a big, big, big space plate centred on the Earth, and the moon orbits around on the edge of that plate. The wobble we're talking about is the plate wobbling. Okay. So the orbit kind of seesaws back and forth. And this is is a natural thing. The Earth does this too. It's called precession. So precession of the orbit, or we call it a bit of a, a wobble. Now, this has been happening pretty much since the moon began. We've known about it since the 1700s, but it's not a new phenomenon. It's not nothing new here. But the reason why it's come into the news cycle right now is because there's a new study that proposes that in the 2030s, this moon wobble will likely cause more frequent flooding. Now, let's talk about why this is actually the case. So this moon wobble is natural and it goes through an 18.6 year cycle. Now, half of the time, this wobble suppresses the tides, but the other half, it amplifies tides. So we get half that time, we get much stronger tides and higher tides. okay, And lower tides, too. And so when that happens, the water goes up higher and flooding may occur. This has happened before. We are actually in this amplified stage right now. So I guess the question everyone's thought on everyone's mind is well why isn't it flooding a lot now that's because of the level of the seas so the next time this amplification part of the cycle comes around in the 2030s the sea levels will have risen more Mm. because of climate change and this wobble will again amplify those tides as it has always done and so that is what's going to cause more frequent flooding and combination of rising sea levels and this natural amplification of the tides due to the moon's wobble.
1: Okay. So I can understand why we're talking about the moon's wobble now, if that's such a pressing issue to do with climate change. Um, I was going to move on from this story to something that uh, that terrifies me, but I feel like <laughs> that <laughs> has already terrified me, and that is black holes.
0: There's been a photo taken of a new black hole. Yes, and I'm so excited. So we've taken a photo of a black hole before. In 2019, using the Event Horizon Telescope, which essentially is lots of telescopes looking at the same place at the same time in the sky, Mm -hmm. which when you combine them all together, essentially creates a telescope that's the size of the Earth. Right. So it's a big telescope, Earth-sized telescope looking at the same place of the sky. And we got a really cool image out of that in 2019. But now they've pointed the telescopes and this Earth-sized essential telescope to Centaurus A, a very bright radio galaxy that's only 12 million light years away. So a lot closer than the black hole we looked at in 2019. And the image you see here is so incredible. There is so much detail. It's like seeing an apple on the moon from the Earth, and for more context, the Moon is about the size of Australia wow. from end to end. So that is insane detail.
1: Uh, you said that's only twelve million light years away. Is that is that close? Should I be concerned about this?
0: We're okay. We're, we're safe. We're definitely safe. But it is. Clo- it depends on who you talk to. When <laughs> when you're talking to cosmologists, twelve million light years not far at all. When you're talking to planetary scientists, twelve million light years. Whoa, that's really far away. <laughs> And you've
1: also notified us on your TikTok about a swarm of black holes that's been discovered. A swarm, Kirsten.
0: A swarm, yes, that is slightly more terrifying. And this one is within the Milky Way galaxy, but it is 80,000 light years away, which is basically on the other side of the galaxy. So, again, we're safe We're all good, but this swarm of black holes is potentially in the centre of a globular cluster. So a globular cluster is basically just this big glob of stars. And these black holes, this swarm of black holes is basically yeeting out stars left and right, creating this big, long stream of stars around the galaxy, uh, which we can see, and that's how astronomers have pinpointed this potential location of this swarm of black holes. And eventually... With models, they've predicted that this entire globular star cluster will completely dissolve by being flung apart by these black holes in about a million, a billion years. Okay. So we're, we're good. We're good. We're, <laughs> we're okay. It's far <laughs> we're enough away that it's interesting to look at, but it's not going to harm us. We're
1: good for now. Penciled in the diary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: uh, Kirsten Bank it's always so great to have you on the show to catch us up. And you can keep up with uh, Kirsten at AstroKirsten.com on socials as well. And we look forward to catching up again with some more Space News
0: next month. Thanks. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.